Thanks for taking a walk with me and checking out the retail gems down the street, around the corner, and in our own backyards in the Store Next Door podcast, where each show we talk to owners, managers, and employees of some of the coolest bookstores around and some of your favorite and soon-to-be favorite authors. I'm Doug Cooper, award-winning author of the novels Outside In, The Investment Club, and Focus Lost, and coming in spring 2023, the children's book The Snail and the Butterfly. Today, I'm here with Tyson Cornell, acclaimed musician and producer, founder of Rare Bird Lit and Books, and currently responsible for publishing, acquisitions, and general business operations. He started Rare Bird after nine and a half years as marketing and publicity director at Book Soup Bookstore in West Hollywood, working with thousands of legendary authors and major political and cultural figures, including Norman Mailer, Joan Didion, Gore Vidal, Lauren Bacall, John Updike. Hunter S. Thompson, and over 15,000 others. Rare Bird is also a managing partner of North Figueroa Bookshop, a general interest bookstore in the heart of the historic Highland Park neighborhood of Northeast Los Angeles, a joint venture with Unnamed Press, and with the collaborative spirit of founding publisher sponsors, Grove Atlantic and MCD Books. Welcome, Tyson. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. I'm a longtime listener, longtime fan, so this is really an honor. Well, glad to have you. And I think we're going to focus a bit more on the new venture here and learning more about North Figueroa Bookshop. So that's an interesting joint venture with another another publisher. Uh, tell us a bit more about it. It is. It is. Well, uh, the store was uh, started by myself and Chris Heiser, who's the uh, publisher of Unnamed Press, a Los Angeles-based independent bookstore alongside of us. Um, We've been publishing peers, uh, people that have been um, generally active in in the literary world, but uh, we both have a, a history of working in bookshops. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I got my start at Book Soup Bookstore in West Hollywood, California, and Chris came from Skylight and Iconoclast Books. Um, and um, since becoming publishers, and we of course love what we what we do in, uh, on that level, but uh, we have a fondness for for frontline bookselling, and um, it's been a dream for a long time to circle back and finally open up a bookstore, bring everything full circle. So, do you see any potential competitive conflicts as a publisher and and now a bookseller with other stores? We don't see conflicts uh, between the publishing and bookselling side. Um, we think it's a natural extension of curating in that respect. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of people in publishing that could benefit from having day to day experience working um, in stores or, or be, being more directly involved in stores. Um, so, no issues from our end on that front. But, um, yeah, the. Um, uh competition between stores uh you know we have talked about that we don't think there's there's an issue the place uh where uh we planted north figaro bookshop uh, right in the heart of uh, highland park northeast la uh it's really a void uh of um proper independent book selling there was a great shop called book show down the street uh, they closed during COVID and moved online. Uh, but even when they were open, even though they had uh, uh, literary sensibilities, they, uh, you know, were they had a lot of boutique items and non-bookstore um, products. So, I, you know, I mean, they were book focused, but that probably wasn't even 20% of what they carried, even though they did a lot of events there. Um, there are a couple other shops in the general area that are more gift shops. They have good books, but again, I think it's the minority of, of what they offer. So, um, you know, we're not going to be cannibalizing on, uh, events from other booksellers. I think our, our focus is in enhancing the community and, and bringing a, a new perspective to it. And one of the things that I noticed, you know, as I, um, marketed and and promoted my own books and got to know more more booksellers and really one of the uh, driving forces and spirit behind this pod, podcast was just how unique kind of booksellers are and it and it is a different business and I think that competitiveness 
isn't naturally there that I think everybody kind of looks at it as supporting each other in terms of, hey, the more that we support reading, you know, book selling, book buying, it helps everyone. Exactly. I mean, I, I think even just from publisher to publisher, bookseller to bookseller, it's the same thing as being a musician in a band. I mean, you might be playing on the same bill, but it's, it isn't a competition. You're, you're on the same team. You're working together. Um, there isn't a limit of how many books people can buy. Um, so usually banding together means compounding uh, the opportunities for sales and, and whatnot. So no, there isn't really, uh, you know, to, to my knowledge, you know, my experience being a bookseller in the past, I mean, there were competitive situations where, you know, only one bookstore could do uh, an event with uh, notable authors and whatnot, and everybody wants to do it. And if, if you're the store that, that didn't get the event, you know, you might be rubbed a little the wrong way, but, you know, it, it was healthy competition. Um, and I, th- I think it still is. But uh, no, I think we're all on the same team. And it's definitely uh, part of a unique breed to be a, be a bookseller, which I love. You know, we just hired uh, a full staff of booksellers. The books, the bookstore is open seven days a week. And, and you know, getting to, getting to know these booksellers has been just a total, uh, I mean, it's been inspiring, but it's it's kind of a trip down memory lane because I haven't worked in that capacity on a day-to-day basis. And I just love that culture. It's amazing. So you talk about the store and kind of maybe um, expand on the physical layout, explain that a bit to us. What would we see as we enter and move around the store? Well, we have a a massive, um, on the exterior, this kind of wall drug type (laughs) exterior of the store, which is kind of funny um, because when you walk in, it's, it's only an 800 square foot bookstore. Um, so it, you know, it's interesting to us and in some ways it's, I think it's metaphorical where you have uh, a small store with a large footprint, you know, and, and we want that. Um, but you, you walk in, uh, the point of sale registers all on the right hand side. The first thing you see is this floor to ceiling, uh, wall to wall, custom bookshelf that we had made by this uh, guy, Jeff Jones, um, who'd done um, a lot of great woodworking uh, for for some other stores. And in the area, uh, we met with a number of different uh, builders for, for this task. And we, you know, we wanted something that was just iconic, you know, um, and it took months and months and months to build. That's part of the reason why, um, you know, from starting everything last February, and we didn't actually open the doors to the store until October was because uh, of the build out, building supplies, you know, everything that was jammed up with um, uh, logistics and supply chains and, and whatnot. But that's the first thing you see is that that epic floor to ceiling wall to wall bookshelf. Um, and then adjacent to that, is another beautiful wall that we ended up extending. And, um, you know, we're, we have a few pockets of areas that, you know, we had gone back and forth between, you know, whether we fill that up with books uh, on the wall or shelves, or do we have gallery-type installations that complement um, either the books that we're publishing or the books that we're selling. Um, so, you know, it's a process where we, we opened the doors because we knew that if we didn't, we'd just uh, keep, keep painting. But, um, you know, we have a lot, a lot to do in that respect. But again, it's a relatively small store unless we start, uh, kicking neighbors out and banging down walls. So besides selling books, any other interesting products or services you provide based on your background, I assume events will be a core offering. Yeah, yeah, we held off on on events um, for 2022. Um, just getting the doors open, getting a, ourselves together and established with the neighborhood, and uh, we're in 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 full New Year mode right now. We're we're booking interesting 
uh, celebrity events. Uh, we're, we're booking um, uh, literary soiree type events. The in- interior of the store maxes at probably 30, 40 people comfortably. And we've had a couple parties just to celebrate the store, and it's it's a nice environment. There are three doors um, uh, front, to and from the, the interior of the, of the space. So it's set up nicely to just, with beautiful weather, open those doors and have people walk freely. So you aren't confined entirely to the to the space. It's not a situation where it's 800 square feet and one, one way in, one way out. Um, but it's a nice place to hang. Um, and we, uh, you know, one of the, the things just, uh, that I saw seeing the space initially was it's, it's the perfect spot for massive signing only type, um, events where you can queue people around the building in, in and out through different doors and whatnot. So that's definitely something that we plan to do. And, you know, I have experience with, in the past, those 500, 800,000 person uh, book with ticket things where they're done in the afternoon and we snake people around. So that I'm looking forward to doing some of those again and, and getting some interesting characters in. Yeah, the author's dream, right? The, the snaking line out the door and around the corner. Sure. Yeah, apologizing to your right. business neighbors. <laughs> It'll be done in two hours. Exactly. So you said you're kind of unique to to that area that there's not really other other book um, bookstores, but what would you say you know compared to other stores in Los Angeles? And obviously, you travel you know across the country internationally, hit a lot of different stores with with Rare Bird and other work that you're doing. So what what would you say sets um, the store apart from from other stores? Well, it, it, stock-wise, it it's seventy-five, eighty percent general new stock. So, you know, uh, it's obviously curated, just like any other independent bookstore would be. You know, you have titles that you would expect, but you know, it isn't like your your Barnes and Noble shop, um, where you know our curate uh, curational opinions on what should be in the store play a major role. And now that we have staff coming in, they of course brought their opinions and, and we're happy to to uh, stock those books because they're excited to sell them. So it definitely has that classic independent bookstore uh, unique personality um, that we're that we're that we're building on. But at the same time, um, yeah, I don't know, it has a uh, an an old school American bookstore vibe that you know you would get from our past or the city light style, um, you know. But aesthetically, a lot of our inspirations were from um, bookstores in Mexico City and South America and and Portugal and in Italy that we were really inspired by. That's what aided a lot of the the bookshelves and and whatnot. And one of the points I make quite often on on this podcast and I think it's actually on the the website as well that there's a common misconception that bookstores are shrinking um, the number of bookstores and I, I haven't seen the numbers for 2022 but I I know in in the previous years more bookstores were opening than closing and you know just always make that point to listeners and when I talk to people because the book industry is is thriving and there's this misconception out there that that it's not and what would you how would you describe kind of the book industry and 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 book selling well you know I think it is such a um, a puzzling thing I mean it, it, it's it's thriving in a, in a lot of ways but um, but not so much in others. I think it's expanding, you know, there it's this, you know, when I got into this business, uh, the book business, that is, we were still using carbon copies for orders. Um, it doesn't just because we don't use carbon copies anymore. doesn't mean that the industry's changed so much. It's just the, the process and the workflow. Um, and I think, this, you know, the same is with bookstores, record stores. I mean, 
they're keeping the classic elements, but you know, I mean, you, with bookstores and record stores, the online component is a is a is a major aspect of the brand, the social media, the personality that a store gives out online. You know, those are all f- those factor into the personality of the neighborhood and everything that you're you're working with. But um, but as far as bookstores, yeah, I mean, it seems like you know, there's there's roughly you know, between one and 300 that come and go, um, every year, every couple of years. And, and, um, yeah, same with you. I haven't reviewed the, the year end 2022 numbers if they're even available yet, but, um, but yeah, I'm always opening up my publishers weekly, daily and shelf awareness and seeing uh, new bookstores open. Um, so uh, I, I feel pretty confident that, that there's an, a new generation and new culture of, of, uh, of bookseller that, you know, they're coming into the world and it is, it doesn't seem like it's, it's so much people um, retiring from other jobs and then deciding they want to open up a bookstore. I'm seeing a lot of younger people uh, go on these journeys, which is great. So, you know, you touched on a, a couple times here with the um, music and and records. And I know one of the products, you know, uh, Rare Bird has with some of the authors is the the albums and doing some of the, you know, spoken word or, or audio albums with, with portions of the books. Do you plan on selling any of those with um, at North Figueroa? Yeah, we, we do. Um, we haven't gone full force into the displaying of that yet, um, but but we are installing, uh, planning to install two different vinyl listening stations and having, you know, that more a part of um, the floor layout. You know, part of our hesitation is that we have a really great record store, uh, Gimme Gimme, down the maybe two blocks from us so you know that's part of you know i don't uh, of us holding back on bringing music records in in full force i mean we don't want to they already do a great job down there we want them to send us business to to buy books we want to send business to them to buy records but as far as the vinyl audio books which is a pretty unique you know we still look at those even though they're audio products we look at those as book products more than music products, even if they have music uh, backing them or whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, our our company, Rare Bird, is doing more and more of that every year. I mean, we have a, uh, a a great recording studio and facility uh, in in North Los Angeles and in Chatsworth, which is about thirty technically 33 35 miles away from the from the bookstore but but we're definitely dedicated to expanding on that creativity doing a lot of that and and you know as as you know we do a lot of music related books as well and and that isn't going to let up in the near future and you're originally um a musician and and that was that was your first kind of creative i guess career um how did you branch over into books? Well, I I grew up uh, in Minneapolis. I have two older stepbrothers uh, who are 12 and 13 years older than me. Uh, they're professional musicians. And from a young age, I grew up with that influence um, in the home. And I learned how to play instruments at a young age. And, and uh, creatively, that's really how I've always thought about things where you know which is through that lens i often tell people that i'm a book person first and foremost but creatively i think like a musician so when when i'm communicating with authors it's often through the musician's lens <laughs> using musician or music analogies and and whatnot but um uh generally speaking you know it we're we're definitely more focused on creep creativity is the driver, whether it's music, literary, uh, visual, cinematic. Um, I mean, it's all really the same expression, just different ways to approach it. I mean, you can't 
you can't express everything with words and sometimes you need um, um, different different ways to complement it or express and that's just the the journey that we're on so you know we we do books we do records we do uh, uh, we're getting more and more into just the visual representation uh, we're essentially doing these uh, short medium length films that are accompanying uh, a lot of our releases and and that's you know a whole other journey that uh, that I think this year and next year and beyond is going to be interesting too are there any other um, parallels obviously the music industry the book industry um, you know both surviving and and growing in the digital age um, some some similar challenges do you see other parallels from kind of having had um, you know, experiences in both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I got into, uh, the book side of it, which, you know, I mean, I just to back up a tad, I guess I didn't fully answer, uh, your previous question either, but it ties into this is, you know, in, in college I was, I was playing music. I was touring in Japan and, and, and doing lots of side things as, as far as music was concerned creatively and, and, um, uh, to put myself through college financially. Um, but I was, I started writing this, this graduate dissertation on the American newsstand. Uh, I was inspired by a sociology professor who wrote a, a dissertation on high pressure auto sales, which is essentially, uh, he, embedded himself in the day-to-day of, of uh, cr- a crazy auto sales environment on Van Nuys Boulevard, um, you know, and, and analyzed the different people and the different types and um, uh, the drug drugs that were fueling a lot of the, the high pressure tactics that were, that were being used. I wanted to do something similar that was, that utilized a participant observation uh, approach and uh, put myself in that environment so I could study it in a street corner society type of way. And that was the, the midnight to 10 a.m. newsstand. And I worked and hung out at a bunch of them in the Los Angeles area. Um, so the reason I, I got to uh, Book Soup was through the newsstand, um, which led me to helping out with events and uh, becoming the marketing director and 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 doing all 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 the programming for the store. Uh, one of my approaches, just being a musician, um, was, you know, to, to book the store like a club. You know, I thought it was crazy that we only had one author at a time. And, you know, for better or worse, uh, you know, we started doing uh, Saturdays and Sundays where, you know, it would be multi multi bills just stacked. You'd have three, four, five authors coming in and out of the store, at, you know, throughout the entire day. Um, you'd have um, three different events going on in different areas of the store, and um, you know, I think once we figured out the best way to do that, that really um, just helped with the flow of of what we were what we were curating, what we were bringing in. But, you know, a lot of those tactics, you know, I, I pulled from being a musician and they seem natural to me. Um, and, and vice versa. I think, you know, now we're going to people in the music industry and using tactics that are innate to the book industry and they just kind of dovetail nicely, but the ideas aren't really that different. If you're an author or if you're a musician, I mean, there are different challenges, an author doesn't have the luxury of uh, writing a book and then just playing the clubs or, or going on tour for months, opening up for larger authors or whatnot. That's, you know, kind of the, the beautiful thing about being a musician is there are a lot of ways to support yourself and keep the band busy while the record is waiting to come out. Or, you know, I think, it's it's difficult with authors in that you know you're isolated writing it in a lot of ways but then you know there isn't a circuit that you can that you can play unless you're a you're a professor or you're part of these uh writers retreats and and whatnot so 
Um, you know, they each have their own challenges and obstacles, but, um, but for the most part, it's the same thing. I mean, you just have creative people trying to um, get their work out there and then at the same time monetizing it, which is such a challenge for a lot of creative people. And I always use that e- example when talking about people as well. What's it like, you know, writing writing books? And I said, just imagine yourself as a musician that plays to an empty room day after day after day and with no feedback. And it's it's difficult. And, you know, you're really operating on, you know, where, as you said, you can't go out to the clubs and, you know, and tool with these songs and 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 get feedback. You're you're just um, creating this this product, you know, pretty much with with no feedback and, you know, except for your editor and your, you know, maybe some some beta readers and, and a small, small group of people. Right. And, you know, I mean. It's just so challenging that, you know, people look at music as entertainment most of the time. You know, that's where they, you know, when they're going to listen to a song or listen to an album, they look at that as a break from their day-to-day stresses and whatnot. And that's just enjoyable. Or, you know, people will uh, get a babysitter and uh, go out and and see a show, Um, I think, on the on the on the literary side even for people who love it and are a part of it 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 tends to be i have to do this or i know this person or it's an obligation or whatever or i've got to read that book um you know you want to uh as a reader but at the same time it's you you know you have to be participatory with it i mean you can watch a two a two-hour movie and and chill out and and sort of watch it and sort of not and do other things, but you really can't, you, I mean, you can't do that with books, books, you need, books need your attention, need to be fully engaged. And that's the work is the beauty of it as well. And you mentioned the, you know, the multi billings at, uh, for book events. And, you know, those are some of the favorite ones that I've done where, you know, paired with, one or two or or three authors and and you know for for many reasons uh one you know just having some interaction with other authors and 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 learning from them and and hearing what they're doing and and catching up on on their work but also you know just seeing different different fans of of theirs and readers and and it also kind of takes uh, a lot of pressure off the individual author that, uh, you know, oh, you got to fill the room yourself or, you know, um, or, or it's it's not a success. And I, I think it's just such a natural. And when you describe it and it, it seems so natural to do, but it, as you said, it wasn't done, you know, for a long time. It was, hey, this author is going to be signing this book, you know, whenever they had a new book and it would be, you know, one event, one author. And it's, you know, it's, it's good to see that changing. It is. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, I mean, I, I will often sound like I'm criticizing uh, authors with that, with just these kinds of conversations and pointing out things that aren't working and things that, that an author needs to do in order to be successful in those environments. But really, you know, as adversarial as I can, I can be with our authors. Um, you know, I consider myself an author's publisher and author's advocate. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but you know, there are harsh realities of the situation. I mean, you do, uh, multi-author events. Um, you can't go, I mean, you, you have to put your work, to the side and you have to be more of a fan of uh of who you're with than you are bragging about what you just did um and you know we often will talk about just this idea of dating etiquette being really important i mean if you um you know are are going on a on a blind date and you know all you're doing is talking about yourself that's going to be pretty off-putting uh, for the person you're working with, but, uh, or sorry, sitting across from not working with, but the, um, 
you know, when you're an author doing a double bill or or a multi-author, well, I mean, you really have to pay attention to to those things and just focus on these social uh, etiquette uh, aspects of your interactions. And you know, I mean, uh, authors are amazing, but uh, book people are often introverted and they spend a lot of time in solitudinal uh, elements. And you know, it's 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 more common than not for authors to have trouble socializing. <laughs> yeah. And even, uh, you know, even if it's something where, like you said, that they spend so much time by themselves that almost this false sense of competitiveness, I think, can can evolve. And if this author's selling books, it means you're not. And that's, that's one of the things I really push as well, is it's not a scarcity um you know, not a scarcity model. It's an abundance model where, you know, the, the, the more that we promote, you know, reading, uh, book selling and, and that the more it benefits us all, we're really not, um, competitive competing with, with one another, you know, we're really just, uh, we need to be more focused on, on promoting. Yeah. But promoting reading, uh, you know, what, just in general, I you know I often I won't name names other than the author, uh, but there, you know, was this uh, situation with um, uh, James Patterson uh, that I always talk about with another uh, colleague, where you know he's at at Hudson News Airport and he's got a hat on, and there's a wall of James Patterson books right in front of him, and this woman next to him doesn't recognize him as being the author of all these books and um and she says you know what do you recommend and he jokingly picks up a copy of his own book and says i hear this is an amazing book and and i've always thought you know it's funny uh you know i i see where he's coming from but you know from my perspective that it's the complete opposite uh i mean there are two kinds of people in this industry. There's a person that is going to hand that that woman uh, their own book, and then there's a person that's going to hand them somebody else's book. And you know, I want to be w- surrounded by the people that hand hand them somebody else's book um, for a lot of different a lot of different reasons. You know, if if authors are just fighting for you know that little opportunity to sell a copy of their own book, you know, the cycle is broken. Um, You know, I'm sure Doug, you've been in those situations where other, other authors have been major advocates of, of your books and your work and, and you reciprocate a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, it's something I try to do. I think it's a, a great story and I think it would be a good personality psychological test for, for everyone in that, in that situation. And, you know, which, which book would you, would you recommend, you know, and, and, and for people, if they answer, answered honestly, you know, which, which one would they, if there were two books there, one was yours and one was, was somebody else's, which, which one would you recommend? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we—I <laughs> don't know if we'll we'll do this, but we've often wanted to put together kind of a little uh, survey or questionnaire uh, for our authors or people that we work with, and not not in a judgmental way, uh, because everybody's coming at it from their own perspective, and 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 that's that's fine. But um, you know, situational questions, uh, you know, I think are interesting exercises for us as creative people to, to figure out, you know, what our purpose is and our, what our place is and, and what we do in certain, certain situations. So uh, that's one of them that we want to put on there. And and there are a handful of others. And since you're interacting with all aspects uh, or a lot of different aspects of the book industry on a daily basis, any other new or emerging trends in the marketplace you're seeing? Well, I, you know, I think the it's been interesting uh, to see that sidelines aren't so stigmatized 
um, as as I remember them to be uh, sidelines being uh, non-book merchandise in a, in a bookstore. Um, you know, part of that is I think that you've, you have sidelines that are uh, literary focused. I mean, you have um, the company out of print that does like those uh, book cover t-shirts and, and things like that. And you have, um, things that are directly connected to books. So it's a little less threatening, but I still think that there's a lot, um, that we can do, um, you know, just as a, a fan, I mean, when you talk about crossover for music, I mean, I, I grew up with a lot of, uh, band shirts and rock and roll shirts and concert apparel and things like that. My family often jokes that, uh, I look like merch man uh, because when I leave the house, sometimes I'll have, you know, a shirt, a hoodie, uh, you know, socks, <laughs> different, different things that basically looks like I'm a roadie for um, all these, all these groups and whatnot. But, you know, you know, when I want to find uh, apparel or, non-book merchandise for the things that that i love um it's really hard to find you know finding you know legitimate thomas pynchon uh shirts and hoodies like you know i i would love to rock that and um you know but unless i bootleg it myself or or make a one-off um the stuff doesn't exist so you know it'd be really interesting to see uh, the literary world and the book world expand uh, further into that. And do you see in envision kind of the North Figaro bookshop as a local shop? So serving just kind of that, that local area, do you see it as more um, or a combination of maybe a destination to, to draw from outside the area? Yeah, we look at, we look at it as an iconic international neighborhood bookshop. Um, you know, it, uh, something that caters to the neighborhood. That's definitely a part of the neighborhood and the surrounding geography. Um, but has a footprint going back to earlier in the conversation, when we talked about the exterior of the store and moving in, uh, having a larger footprint on the outside, uh, than in the inside, um, a little engine that could type of, type of thing. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, the personality that we're uh, building at the store and uh, it, it should also be mentioned that, you know, both of our publishing companies offices are, are in the same complex. So it's really kind of this um, compound um, of creativity and, and there are other people in the, in the general complex that are amazing too there's a architecture and design firm there's a apparel place um really some interesting interesting folks so yeah you feel that uh when you come in and out of that but obviously you know it isn't just a local bookstore um you know when we have both of our publishing companies and our publishing partners with grove atlantic and mcd who are based in new york um you know, the idea of the store and the impact of the store is much more than uh, a neighbor, a neighborhood in Northeast LA. Yeah. It becomes almost kind of a creativity cluster, right? That, that, you know, you talked about the, the um, record shop down the street and, you know, you, you can just kind of create that vibe where people, if they are coming from outside the area, you know, they park and, and, you know, can walk and, and just kind of immerse themselves in, in a creative uh, environment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this neighborhood on North Figueroa, I mean, it's for a long time, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, but even more so now, um, you know, I think there's some interesting developments that are, that are happening. I, I do think, even though there's some great places to eat in the area, uh, you know, I've s struggled to find a place that is comfortable to go hang with authors and, and people, um, within walking distance. So, uh, we hope the neighborhood grows a little bit more and, 
in, in that respect. But yeah, I mean, for people coming from out of town, I mean, you could easily stop at the store and hit four or five, six different really interesting places within two or three blocks. Um, so, you know, our relationship just on a network level with, with uh, the neighborhood and community is, um, is going to be interesting to see grow. I noticed no online store on, on the website. Is that something that'll come eventually or are you just focusing on the in-store sales for now? It, it will come. Um, we, we wanted to open up the store and uh, just figure out what, what we wanted to focus on uh, with the website. I think, um, you know, similar to events, we're going to be um, uh, curating signed book offerings that are that are really interesting. You know, we've talked about uh, specific batches of signed books with particular authors in and out of our publishing networks. Um, you know, maybe we'll do something similar that was used in the in the music industry, where you know those signed books will be stamped with. Uh, the North Figueroa uh, book, bookshop branding and adds other co- uh, collector creative elements. Um, but, um, you know, we, we don't want to necessarily have a, an online store that is trying to compete with Amazon where it's people go there um, in lieu of going to Amazon. I think Powell's does a great job of that. And, you know, if, if there were two, 3,000 independent bookstores trying to do that, it w- it's just going to get too uh, convoluted and congested. But the, you know, I think we'll, we'll obviously have interesting offerings as far as what ourselves are um, recommending and what our booksellers recommend. But then we're going to have really interesting collaborations with other publishers and authors as far as signed books, events and whatnot. And that's what you're going to, you're going to get from the North Figueroa bookshop store. Just a couple of uh, final questions before we wrap up. These are uh, a couple of my, couple of my favorite. The first is called first book, last book. So what's the first book you remember reading on your own and what's the last book you read? Well, the first book that I remember impacting me that I read all the way through. I'm confident that I read more books before this all the way through, but, but the one I always go back to is, uh, is I read Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance by Robert, Robert, uh, Persig, uh, when I was younger. And that was a recommendation from one of my teachers. Um, and I, I think I ended up reading that two full times all the way through and, and maybe reread a couple additional chapters after that. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a seventies classic uh, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I don't think there's much that, um, um, that I go back to so much in, in that genre, but that, that was really interesting. But at the same time I had, um, you know, an interesting dynamic with my, with my father at, at, um, around that same time where he said, you know, I'll, um, I'll buy any book you want as long as you read it. And then that's when I just started in inhaling, uh, books. Um, you know, so much to the point where my parents, parents got skeptical of, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what I was, picking up and how many books I was reading and started to read some of them themselves just to to quiz me to see uh, if I was actually uh, reading them. Yeah, I have a funny story on Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I remember reading that and during a was was doing um, a road trip with with a girlfriend and where we were kind of we were just, you know, driving and then we'd camp or get a hotel and and just just kind of you know go where the road takes us and i i was reading that and she dozed off in the car and i was like so into it i was propping it up on the steering wheel as you know 
reading it as as I was driving, which I don't recommend to any kids that are listening. And um, she woke up while I was doing it and just was like, what the, you know, are you, are you doing, are you insane trying to read while you're driving? But that's, it, it had just sucked me in. And I was, I was so into it that uh, I didn't want to wait till later. And I was like, well, she's sleeping. Um, I think I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Part of it, I think is, I mean, you know, his approach to that book is really interesting, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot between the words, um, in that. And, you know, I think what I've most been just, when I think about it, uh, I think mostly on, uh, just why he would feel compelled to, to do this. And, you know, he feels so, it, it feels so driven, um, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm mostly excited by his excitement. <laughs> in the topics and um and uh and yeah i love it i i definitely think i'm due uh for a reread but the last book that i read um which it, it took me a few years to to get to this and i you know i think i reread the first 50 pages uh three or four times because it was it, it was just so great. Uh, but it's something in the blood, the untold story of Bram Stoker, the man who wrote Dracula, uh, by David J. Skull. Uh, this came out in 2016, 2017. Uh, and, um, it's just a really interesting biography of, of Bram Stoker and, and goes into a lot of really great Irish history and the, and the theater history, uh, in London. And, um, you know, I, I found myself, um, writing a lot in my, my reader diary, which I've always kept reader, uh, journals and reader notes. Um, you know, most of my books, I, I underline a lot. I, I write in the margins and, you know, when, when I fill up that space, then it goes to other scraps of paper that I end up shoving in the books. So if, if, if you're at my house and you uh, pull a book off a shelf, a bunch of stuff will probably fall out <laughs> at all time. But, but this, this book is really fascinating, even if you aren't into uh, Bram Stoker, um, just the, the history of, of, you know, the 19th and 20th centuries uh, intersecting is really fascinating. And that's a great title too. something in the blood. Um and uh, on the subject of titles, so if you were writing a book about your experience, you know, in the book uh, industry, book business, what what would you have the title be? <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's funny to bring that up because uh, because I keep a lot of lists of titles and um, you know titles of songs, titles of albums titles of potential books um but i i think it would it would it would have to depend on what what the direction was for um uh for the book i i think from from book selling you know i have this title um uh the cry that might abolish the night which is a little bit on the poetic and serious side um but there is this kind of like you know, I mean, uh, you know, I've always felt that the the writers and the poets are the rock stars. Um, that uh, I'm I'm biased on the creative side, in that the written word, um, you know, the process of taking an idea and figuring out how to put it down on paper, um, is the ultimate driver of everything. And you know the the idea that it, something like that can be so powerful, but then also be so um, jeopardized on a on a day to day basis, um, you know, is something that you know just that that window into what we do uh, on the publishing and, and the book selling side um, is fascinating to me. So I, you know, that's definitely a, a, cont a contender. 
in, as far as that's concerned. I love that. I love that. And um, I think that's a good, uh, a, a good note to, to end on there. So the website address is northfigbookshop.com. How else can listeners connect and, and follow with what's happening with, with the bookshop? Well, I would, I would follow our Instagram and, and Twitter uh, for the, for the, the most up, up to date socials. Uh, you know, it's possible that, that we might feel inspired to get one or, or a few different podcast streams going. Um, you know, again, like I said before, I've just been, it's been so great to have booksellers uh, uh, come into the store and, and, and be able to interact with them on a, on a day-to-day basis. And it would be wonderful to, to get their voices, um, uh, out a little bit more. Um, so that might be another way to, to hear what the personality is and, and the offerings that the store has in the future. Any last thoughts or comments you want to share with our listeners about North Figueroa Bookshop? Well, if you have suggestions, uh, we're more than open to them, uh, good or bad. Um, you know, we've, we've had some uh, really interesting conversations with uh, people on what, what they think a bookstore uh, uh, should, should offer a community. And, you know, though we are all pretty opinionated about what we want to do, um, um, you know, we do look at this as a community venture. Um, so we, we definitely welcome people reaching out, saying hello, um, even if it isn't uh, with any agenda. Uh, so I definitely encourage that. And Doug, appreciate what you do. As I mentioned, I'm a longtime fan of, of the podcast, a fan of what you do. And, uh, I hope you're able to make it out West sometime soon to come in, do an event or, or, or just come and hang out. Oh, looking forward to, to stopping in next time I'm in the area for sure. Well, it's time for us to head back home. Thanks to Tyson Cornell Partner, along with Unnamed Press in North Figueroa Bookshop. And thanks to all of you for taking a stroll with us and visiting the store next door. I'm Doug Cooper, author of the award-winning novels Outside In and The Investment Club and the thriller Focus Lost. And coming in spring of 2023, the children's book The Snail and the Butterfly. When you're out and about and around, remember, the store next door is your gateway to past, present, and future worlds.